Praise the Lord. God bless you, everyone. This is Apostle Ivory Hopkins. I am extremely excited to have you to listen to our podcast messages. We are trusting that the Holy Spirit will bless you. We're going to take you into a message in just a few minutes. Amen. Where I feel that God is going to give you insight, revelation, and wisdom through the teachings that the Lord has given us to present before you. If you want to get up with us on our website, our website is pilgrimsministry.org. That's pilgrimsministry.org. It is my pleasure and my honor to bring this anointed message to you where I am preaching and teaching under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, giving God's people insight that will strengthen their spiritual walk, build their family, and put under their feet the enemy on every level. Now sit back and enjoy this message. God bless you, my dear friend, and thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Praise the Lord. God bless you, everyone. This is Apostle Ivory Hopkins. Amen. And I have a special guest with me that I am excited about us uh, having on our show today. And it ain't just a show, amen. We're talking about the kingdom of God. We're talking about transformation, amen. And we've got Nina Brown with us, amen, who wrote a book called Be Gomer. And it's a memoir of heartity and redemption. Chronicles one of woman's deeply personal journey through the one promising life gone terribly wrong and how she felt the strength, fortitude, and faith to forge ahead and face her mistakes and ultimately find spiritual healing and renewed her sense of self through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to have a word of prayer. Amen. And we're going to let Nina begin to share uh, the blessings that God has blessed her with and the journey. Really, I've got you on here, really, sister, share the journey. Amen. Having been a professional escort, amen, out there. And here you are now in the kingdom of God. Heavenly Father, Evelyn and I want to thank you for the honor and the privilege of sharing our sister in the Lord, of sharing how that the kingdom of God is able to redeem us and bring us at the foot. And Lord God, in ways that we would never realize it was able to happen. I thank you, Lord God, that principalities and powers that tried to hold her life at bay, Lord God, that you were able to bring her out. And Lord, I also thank you and praise you for the many different people on her journey that she had experiences with that you, I were asking your Holy Spirit to touch their lives, redeem their lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, Nina, I wish you to come on and speak us a little bit about who you are. And we're going to talk a little bit about your journey. And God bless you. Introducing to you, Nina Brown. God bless you, Mother of God. First and foremost, I want to thank you so much, Apostle Hopkins, for connecting with me and trusting me and my story and my journey with your audience and on your platform. Um, I can tell you right now that this is going to be a very, very emotional conversation with you today because I have prayed. Okay. I have prayed when I was in the trenches, when I was in my darkness, when I was in my sin, when I was in my pit, I prayed for this moment to be free. (laughs) (laughs) and I am free. Hallelujah. And I'm just, my heart is so full and I'm just so, so grateful right now to have this conversation with you. So thank you again. 
My name is Nina Grace Brown. I am a transformational life coach as well as a podcast host of the Freedom Out Loud podcast. I am an author, and today we're going to be discussing my memoir, Being Gomer, a memoir of harlotry and redemption. Amen. You know, I, I, I find it so amazingly exciting. In my counseling that I do, I often run across brothers and sisters that have been in the industry, some of that have been in the adult industry. And I find it amazing how that the enemy tried to set them up with demonic setups, strongholds to hurt them. I call it hurting because Satan herds us into a position first to try to cut us off from God. You know, in your journey, when I was reading your book, matter of fact, I want to take out uh, and do a share screen to kind of show a picture of the cover of your book right there. Amen. A little being Gomer, a memoir of harlotry and redemption. Amen. I've I, I, I read the book. I've had portions of it that I've just gone through, both Evelyn and I. And my God, what a journey. But what I wanted to share, Nina, in, in this is that at the beginning of your book, such a childhood that you had, you know, when I got to the part about, uh, and I'm going to let you talk to us a little bit about it, uh, how that you lost your father at an early age and Things. Let me let you kind of pick up on it and your, on your journey. I did. I, I lost my father at 15 years old and it was unexpected. He was murdered. Um, when I was about eight years old, my mom, you know, she kicked him out of the home because she believed that my brothers and I, that we would have better, better lives without him. And despite his removal from our home at eight years old, I still had this this dream, this fantasy in the back of my mind that when I you know, got older and became a young woman, that he and I would you know, rekindle our relationship and that I would have a father in my life. And that dream, it was cut short with his murder. And in the in the black community in the african american community we don't really talk about our feelings you know we don't talk about you know our traumas or our stresses my mother she gathered me, my brothers and i into the kitchen and she told us the news that our father was murdered and and that was it um so I never really had at that time in my life, I, I didn't have like any counseling or anyone to talk, you know, through that, through that trauma with. And even to this day, you know, he was murdered, what, 20, 21 years ago. And I'm still, you know, healing and, and processing his absence in my life. Wow. I, uh, as I was reading your book and what have you, it came to a section where in the, the Lord started touching your heart, an experience that you had. It was almost like a Damascus Road experience. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Because, you know, you know, in, in this journey, Nina, you share how that you get a hold of God. And of course, I want you to take us through it and how that you brought your God brought you into a hunger for church and a hunger for him and the enemy being like he does. He does things to interrupt it. Because you see, the what I want our guests to understand, we don't just wake up one day and decide to fall into uh, a sex industry or fall into drug addiction. It is a well-systematic plan of principalities and powers to bring about these changes. Could you share us that with us a little bit, dear? Yes, absolutely. When I was 17 years old, I was a junior in high school, and I gave my life to Christ for the very first time. 
I, I didn't grow up in a spiritual home. I didn't grow up in a religious home at all. Um, my older brother, Marvin, he was the one who invited me to church as a teenager. And it was a week before Father's Day. And I remember the pastor was saying something about, you know, us as people receiving like comfort and healing through Jesus Christ. And this was at a time where they do like altar calls. And before I knew it, you know, I was walking up to the altar and I'm just like, what's going on? You know, I I didn't even know what to expect, but the intercessor who prayed for me, she asked if I would accept Jesus into my life and into my heart. I did not understand what that meant, but I did tell her yes. And that was the day that I, for the first time in my life, accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. The following Sunday, I was baptized in Jesus' name, and I received the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Come on now. (laughs) Soon after I began serving in ministry, I was a youth leader in the youth ministry, as well as I taught second and third grade kids in Sunday school. And I mean, it it started off great. You know, it it was it was the solace. It was the environment that I had needed. There was a lot of healing that was taking place within me, especially considering, you know, my childhood and how I grew up and in the household that I grew up in. But it did not last long because the youth leader, he uh, took advantage of me sexually. Now, now I will say this, say this and, and, and let you come right back in. To our listeners, I want you to understand in, in her sharing her testimony, there are some points that I will make in a deliverance standpoint of view. How that the now here she is getting a genuine call from God, a genuine embrace relationship with the Lord. Matter of fact, Nina, you cut your, your teeth on one of the books and teachings that I taught in most of our classes by John Maxwell. Uh, you were learning teachings like this. And I mean, so it wasn't like you had no idea of the foundation, fundamental principles of Christ. But immediately the enemy decided to do what he's done to many of you out here today. The enemy has to make church the enemy. He has to do something by some means that he can to make something happen to you as a person to cut you away from Christ himself. The Lord is not at fault. But listen to Nina's story. Go ahead, Nina. Pick it up from there. Yes. Thank you. So I I did write about that in the book, but I did not go into the specifics because I did not want to open up. I didn't want to be graphic. So even though my book is about harlotry and redemption, you've read it. It's not it's not you know, it is for mature audiences, but it's not, it's not graphic. So I didn't write in details about what happened, but I will share that with you and with everyone watching right now. So essentially he lied to me and told me that there was going to be a ministry meeting at his home and that he, you know, because I was a a leader in the youth ministry that I was required to come. And I was at his home alone when I realized that no one else was there. And I asked him about it. And that's when he, you know, forced himself on me sexually. I didn't grow up in a religious household. I didn't grow up in a household where we talked or communicated at all. And so I kept that to myself and I didn't share it with anyone. In fact, members of my family, they didn't find out about it until I published my book, which was I published it three years ago. So in 2020, we're talking, you know, decades later. And I also did not talk to anyone in the church about it. I just left the church. I left God. I stopped praying. I stopped reading my Bible. I just, I was just done, you know, with it all. I didn't know how to process that. 
at 17 years old. And see, and that was the game plan of the enemy. It's almost like playing chess. It's not, it's not checkers at all. It's chess. The enemy does a move to try to cut one off from the hope that Christ has given them. You know, the Lord will meet us where we're at. That doesn't mean he approves of where we're at. That means he goes to get us because he loves us just that much. And God had done that. Nina, having lost your father, your family going through what it's going through. And here you are getting a, a desire and a fire for God. And then the enemy takes another wounded person, another bound person. By the way, to as counselors, I'm, we're not giving a pass to actions, but we understand it as being spiritual counselors. We that are born again, counselors realize that those that abuse others has issues themselves. Correct. That issue in that person's life became a catalyst of the enemy to drive you down the path of darkness. You had already been attacked spiritually by demonic forces anyway. And I'll let you go ahead and pick that up and what have you. Thank you very much. No, you're so welcome. I will say this because especially, and I'm just going to speak from the, from the Black community because I'm a Black woman, right? I think that there wasn't any background checks, you know, for people who was getting involved in ministry. And I think that, yes, it's great. It's amazing when someone gives their life to Christ and they believe and they have faith. However, I do strongly believe that because I'm not the only person who's been abused, you know, by, in a, by someone who is a believer or in, in a church or in the church culture. I firmly believe that not only should there be background checks, but contended upon what's found in that background checks. If an individual has a certain past, they should not be able to work with children's period. Wow. You know, it's, I understand, you know, we're in Christ and we're new creations. However, <laughs> there are some past where they just should not be allowed to work with minors period. And, and that's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Absolutely. And I totally that's agree that. with that. I totally, I totally agree with that. So now picking it up from there, Take us on, on the ride a little bit further of how you started heading towards the company yes. you met and how you were herded in. Yes. So I and the so let me kind of go back a little bit. The reason why I, I stated about the background checks is because it did come out that he um, actually had a very violent past mm -hmm. and that he was recently released from prison. But I digress. So we'll, uh, we'll move forward. Right. So um, after, so I was 17 years old, I was a junior in high school, I graduated high school, and afterwards I immediately went to school for massage therapy. That was my calling. I have the gift of healing. I didn't know that then, but I know it now that I speak when I literally lay hands on people, <laughs> you know, that's a ministry. And I moved from St. Louis, where I was born and raised, to Atlanta, and I stayed with someone who was close to the family. Um, when I say close to the family, I mean like through marriage. Okay. So this wasn't just like a friend of mine. This is someone who had been in my life as well as my family's life for decades through marriage. She knew that I had gone to school for massage therapy. And she called me one day saying that she had a client who wanted to have two massage therapists instead of one. And so it was my first time ever hearing anything like that in my life. I think I was about 19, 20 years old, very, very green, right? And in short, she brought me to her client at the hotel and one thing led to another in which I was, I was sexually exploited. And at that particular time, 
Uh, in, in your book, I could tell, especially when you went into the bathroom afterwards yeah. and, 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 and you said it so poetically, you wiped the tears away like a windshield wiper. There you stood, not realizing, as they say, giving someone a happy ending. Uh, that's the term in the industry. Um, not realizing that you were going to experience that type of thing. And there you were hot and devastated. Now, I know what some minds would think. Well, why did you know time you walked in? Why did you do this or do that? Yeah, let me tell y'all something. We, in our lives, when we're put in certain positions, we find ourselves paralyzed of conscience and sometimes passive of will and end up doing things that we regret and that also may set the stage for many doors being opened. You were devastated seeing and him looking at you, seeing your eyes mirror to eye, that type of pain that was coming from you. Go ahead. Let me let you pick it up from there. I think also as well, I think what people should remember is that the enemy knows who to use to access us. He knows who has our trust. This was a woman who had been in my life since I was three years old. You know, this is someone, again, through when I say through marriage, this is someone where I have relatives who are blood related to me through her. And so the enemy knew that I loved her. Wow. He knew that I trust that I trusted her. He knew that this woman had my confidence. And so even when we were in the hotel room and everything was unfolding. And, and I write about it in my book. I, I am a little bit more graphic in terms of she and I interaction because I'm like, you know, what's going on? And she's like, yes, you do that. And I'm just like, no. Nah. And, you know, and so you read the part where I was very reluctant to do it. And so then she asked the client if he wanted for me to you know, do what I did. And he's like, you know, yes, I would love that a lot. And so essentially she threw me under the bus. Mm -hmm. And more than that, because I firmly believe in accountability and taking responsibility for your actions. At that time, someone may think I was 19, 20 years old. I was an adult. I should have known better. I think that we... I think that we give age maybe a little bit too much credit because you have to keep in mind that that was my first time ever seeing a man naked, you know, being that close to a white man. I found that amazing. When I read, when we heard you say that, when we read that, I found, I said, oh, wow, wait, what? So here you are stuck in something. And and, and I want to add this too. Hold your thought, please, Nina. Yes. These hands that were made to heal. Yes. These hands that were made to have the grace of God use them to bring the manifestation of his glory. The enemy recognized it and say, yeah, you'll massage with those hands, but it will be perverted. It will be, I'll capture it and I will pervert it and I will lock you down. Go ahead, girlfriend. Go ahead. You know, I, I, on that note, it just reminds me that God's plans will not be thwarted. Okay. They will not. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do. It doesn't it doesn't matter what he is seemingly accomplishing at that moment or that season in our lives. No matter how long that season may be, a season could be a day. It could be a week. It could be a month. It could be a year. It could be three years, 10 years, five years. It doesn't matter. A season is a season. However, God's plans will not be thwarted. He has been so good to me and graced me to where that. Even in my sin, I never got in trouble legally. 
That's like I knew women who, um, you know, we're, we're sending together, right. They got arrested, you know, they, and, and they have, um, and they had criminal charges for like, you know, prostitution, um, you know, masturbation for hire, things of that nature where they wouldn't be able to work in certain industries or have certain professional licenses. And in spite of my darkness, in spite of my sin, in spite of the enemy's plans, God had covered me to where I've never been in trouble legally. And I was able to get my massage license. And since then, for over a decade, um, serve people and heal people with the hands that the enemy once perverted. And so God restored, you know, that, that ability for me to lay hands on people. And I literally cannot tell you of the thousands of people who I massaged since, and that I've laid hands on who received healing. Some were more spiritually inclined and they knew they're like, Oh girl, these hands are anointed. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been getting massages all my life and your massage broke something over me. Um, so I just wanted to, to share that, that God's plans, it, it won't be thwarted. It is, it is so amazing that you shared it. And, and I do want to bounce back to the path yes. to the glorious son that God gave you right in the midst of this warfare. I do yes. want, want, want to go to, because in the, in, in the reading of your book, it sort of leads to meeting your son's father in the drama, <laughs> yes. yet divine appointment. Because see, yes. I believe, Nina, that the fruit of the wound is a heritage unto the Lord. And shorten of God's reward. So your child, born out of wedlock, born in this condition, was still a divine mandate from God. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yes. You know, one of the things that I love about, um, you know, God, as I just said, that his plans won't be thwarted. It reminds me of like, uh, I recently finished the book of Genesis and how there were different children who were born out of different scenarios and God still had a plan. God's plans are unchanging, right? Um, I don't want to say regardless of the path that we take in life, but in despite the path that we take in despite life, despite the plans, you know what I mean. Despite, despite the paths, his plans are his plans. And I did have a child, you know, out of wedlock, and it's not something that I am proud of, you know, by any means. It's not the vision that I had for myself, and it, it ties back to when I was a younger girl and when I was that teenager, and when I came to Christ, and I was a virgin at 17 years old. Um, I had plans on getting married and, you know, having a husband and just serving in church and having children by the same father. I believe that the enemy knew those plans. I do believe that he doesn't know everything, but I do think that looking back over my life, he knew. Mm -hmm. So I did. I had a child um, in the midst of all of this. I I actually had two sons, both by the same father. And I wrote about it in the book as well that my first son um, passed away. He was born dead, and um, that spiraled me further into my darkness mm-hmm. because I just, I got lost in it. You know, I got lost in the pain. I didn't have anyone to talk to about that, and it just it just descended me further and further into darkness and further and further away from God, losing a son. My son's father and I, we tried again about a year later, and we conceived and had another son. And despite him being born out of wedlock, he is the reason why I'm alive to this day. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Just in my journey of not only um, harlotry, because I had him when I was a harlot, um, and just 
my journey of redemption. And even after being redeemed, there's been times where I wanted to give up. Freedom is a fight. It is a fight to be spiritually free. And I think that we as the church, as the body of Christ, we're not having enough conversation about that. And so what happens is when the believer sees that they're fighting, they're like, oh, no, this is hard. This is tough. I'm going to go back to my old ways. I'm going to let me call him up. Let me you know what I mean? Like there's freedom is a fight. If you want to be free, you have to fight. You have to put in the work. It will not be easy. You were literally at war. Nina, at this point. Here you are making serious bank out there doing the escorts. Yeah. Here you are making serious money and a friend of yours texts you to church. Really? Yes. So I did. Talk I about um, that. So, so she was, and I, I did, I write about this in the book as well. So my neighbor was uh, in the, in the adult industry as well. She was a sex worker and she was also uh, a Christian, you know, one of the things that was really, really mind blowing to me when that time in my life is I met so many women who loved God. Say it again, girl. What you so say? many. Come on, come on. They're sex workers and they love God. It, it, it just it was just so mind blowing to me because the love that I literally felt and discerned from these women, not judging, but it was more love than I ever felt from people who was in the church. And I remember having multiple conversations with God about it. And I'm like, is this the reason why you love sinners? Because I just believe that the way that sinners love, love God and have a following and a, and a yearning for Christ is different from people who don't know what it's like to have a lifestyle of sin. Yeah. yeah. And even in his word, he says that he came to call. Uh, he didn't come for the righteous. He called, you know, he came for to call sinners to repentance. So sinners, you know, we just have a heart that's different. Here goes, I want to, I want to, I want to interject something here that I think would be help, healthy to those that can hear this. Sometimes we that are in church right now, feeling pretty good about ourselves. When we look at the industries that are out there, you actually think everything is black, dark, and done. Our God says, whether shall I flee from thy presence? Whether shall I go from thy spirit? If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I take up wings of the morning, thou art there. I have found through my own life and through the witness of many like yourself and, and many out there listening, that God has gone where we are. He has gone and yeah. many of us have gotten to that place wherein we do love God. I'm going to say it. We do love God, but don't know how to what to do with that love. We do want to be saved. We want to be free. I remember Nina one time at one point in my life out there in them streets doing the drug dealing and hustling and slinging. I got to one place where I said, I'm tired of sinning and I just want to be free. But I was tired, but still slinging and I want to be free. And I even cried one weekend on a heavy date that was not a wife, was not a girlfriend was just something out there on the street that, and we looked at each other and said one day crying, we're going to get right. We're going to get right with God. Now they're gone wherever. I don't know what they're doing now, but I do know what ended up happening to me. Sure. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry, apostle. That reminds me, I've been at that place a few times. Right. And what I realized is that you have to be 100% committed. 
Mm-hmm. It was the, so I do write in my book and I do share openly with people, even on my podcast, that I was a three time backslider. OK. And so it's I would, you know, come to Christ, be in church, then I would leave again, come to Christ, be in church and then leave again. And then I would, you know, come to Christ. And finally, you know, third time, um, you know, that's been broken over my life. And what I can recall through my journey is that the first time when I um, came to Christ as a sex worker, I was about 75% ready you know, to leave the industry and and live my life, you know, like I met Jesus and that I know him both publicly and privately. And then I went back mm-hmm. and into the, into the, into the darkness, into the adult world. And then I came back to Christ. And when I came back the second time, I was like 99 and a half percent ready, you know, to be committed to living my life as a child of God and walking in holiness and purity. And then I went back. And then when I came back to Christ, I was 100% ready. And so what I realized is that 50% won't do, 75% won't do, 99.5% won't do. I think it's even an old gospel song about it. Only 100%. Once I was at 100% ready, I literally, I've been free for over six years now. Jesus, I thank you. And to, when you talk about being free, uh, the the temptation, because there may be somebody out there listening at us that says, you know what, sis, I get it. Girlfriend, I get you. I, I understand exactly what you're saying. That struggle, we want you to know that there is a price that you pay. Can you imagine as you that are out there listening? She could have paid her rent by one slick trick and ended up choosing to suffer and deal with it. Suffer and let God do it. That's that's the hard part. I want you to tell us about how do you look at that? Because I know when I stopped dealing drugs, I had to deal with the fact that I was moving around at one point with less money than what I had when I was slinging. And then after a while, when I went in 100% with God, please, you can't, you can't pay me for what I'm living right now. And it ain't about money. Tell us about how that journey of let the temptation of going for that quick dollar and turning I, off. When I, so let me, let's kind of go back, right? Because I, I, I didn't share my, my church story. So my neighbor who was also a sex worker, she invited me to church. And this is when I came to Christ for the third and final time. After we, after the service, I told her I was done. Right. And she understood what that meant, because what's understood doesn't need to be, you know, really spoken of. So she understood what that meant. And, you know, she praised me with adoration. And she was like, Nina, I I just can't leave. You know, I can't lose what I have. Like, and you know, we all drove nice cars and, you know, lived in nice apartments and things like that. She's like, "I'm, I'm not willing to lose this. And so tying into what you just asked me. I searched for a job and I actually did. I, and I wrote about this in the book as well. I had a job at an insurance company and when the pay was once a month and when I finally received my paycheck, my paycheck was hundreds of dollars short, which put me in a bind of paying my rent. And um, I think I was short. So my paycheck was short, like 500 to $600, but I was only like maybe 20 or $30 short of paying my rent. And so my neighbor who invited me to church, she said, Nina, I would just give you the money. She was like, don't worry about having to borrow it or anything. And I was like, well, what about next month? 
and the month after that, and the month after that, because now I have to find a new job. It's not working out at this insurance company. And she was like, Nina, don't leave. And I did. I left my apartment and I became homeless. Jesus. I was not, I, you, you know, and, and I write about it in the book that um, it was going to be a tough decision because at that time I knew that either I was going to post an ad, another escort ad, or I was going to be homeless and I didn't want to do either, <laughs> but I, I chose the latter and I didn't write the ad. And for years of my life, since I left the adult industry, I've struggled with homelessness, with a child, uh, sleeping from place to place, motels to hotels, in and out of Airbnbs. Mm. And um, even though it's it, it was very tough, you know, and it still is tough raising, you know, a child alone and still not having that stability and self-sufficiency that I once did, you can't pay me to go back. Wow. You, you just can't. And I think for me, because we do go from glory to glory to glory, right? Mm-hmm. People all the time say new levels, new devils. I say new levels, new devils, new victories. Right? When the enemy saw that I wasn't going back, I feel like my rock, rock, rock bottom was when I had to sleep out of my car. Wow. The enemy said, you got it. (laughs) You know what to do. You know, that was the hardest thing that I've ever had to do in my life was sleep, sleep out of, sleep out of the car, live out of the car with my child, the hardest. And, um, and another way that the enemy talks to us is the enemy is like, God, I forgive you. You know, his words is it, you know, his understanding, nobody can fathom. And I literally had to say, Satan, shut up. Mm-hmm. And I had to rebuke him in Jesus' name. And I told God I wasn't going back, not for another day, not for another hour. And I began to praise God that I even had a car to sleep out of. Jesus, Lord. Because God. while I was sleeping out of my car, it's people sleeping behind gas stations and under bridges and in alleys. Mm-hmm. And then that time passed. It passed. It was tough, but it passed. And I knew that something was broken, like com- completely broken Yes. over my life. Because uh, here's another thing about sin and how people get back into it. Earlier, I said that freedom is a fight, right? We're also tested in how much we want to be free. Not saying that you don't have this, the desire, not saying that you're not living your life in freedom, but you're still going to be tested to see, do you really want to continue down this path in freedom? And I think too, so for me, mine was about prostitution, right? But we hear people talk about this, um, their relapse when it comes to alcohol or when it comes to drugs, it's no different That's it. it's no different with, with prostitution. And people, we, we read the stories, we hear the stories, we watch the movies and the television shows where a person is free for years. They're clean for months. They're, you know, they're clean for decades and then they relapse. You have to continuously Fight for your freedom because your freedom will continuously be tested until the day you die. Yeah, exactly. And and I, I remember when we first talked, and we were at this point, and we will talk, and you were, we were mentioning how that it's a price to be paid. Period. And yeah. I, I wish that, that there's nothing new to this society. We act as if it is, but it's nothing new in life to have to deal with a lifestyle to have to make a choice 
that see the enemy take us to the pinnacle of the temple and say, you see all these kingdoms? I'll give them to you. But we found out that the enemy always comes. Whatever he tries to give you, he don't own it, no how. But it always comes with a charge that's going to cost you your soul, cost you your life. It's going to cost everything. And there are many of you out there that you may be in the industry. You may be, amen, in, in the clubs. You may be doing many things out there. You may be a sex addict or someone that has been raped or molested or is one. I want to tell you that there is a price that God will do to save and deliver you. The enemy wants to keep us bound. And, and it ain't no Pacific center stronghold that's any greater than the other. We have one redeemer, one savior, one Lord. His name is Jesus. And he Amen. delivers us. You know, when I sat and talked to you, being a person that is discerning and a, and a man of God, that's really a man of God and what have you, there is no coming from you. There's no spirit of lust. There's no spirit of perversion. And you've been out there, but it's none of that. All I see is redemption, sister. All I, all I see is the grace and the glory of God on your life. Go ahead. Let me let you go ahead and, uh, and, and, and kind of wrap it up and just share what else you have to share. And I just give God glory for that. Yeah. When I tell you I was out there, I was out there. <laughs> you know, I was out there. I was out there. Just even seeing the woman that I am now. To me, people can argue the science, timelines, evidence, anything historical. For me, I literally, like, I'm my own case study. You cannot convince me that God is not real and that he does not exist. My transition is only because of Jesus Christ, period. And I know from personal experience, and I would say this to anyone who is in darkness or they may be saying, you don't understand what I've done. You know, you don't understand what I'm in right now. My story isn't quite your story. There is no depth that Jesus Christ cannot reach. Come on. No matter who you are or where you have been, there is hope and victory for you through Jesus Christ. Do not, don't misbelieve. You know what I mean? Do not misunderstand. It took me three times, Apostle. Come three, on. Three times to come back to Christ and to come back for good. Three times to decide who I would serve and whose side I would be on. I talk about it in the book. I, I, I told God, I said, look, I'm at a fork in the road. Mm -hmm. yep. No, that not everyone is going to live for you. You know who's going to live for you and who's not. I need to know if I'm one of those people, because if I'm not, release me from this desire that I have for you. Release me from this love that I have for you and just let me be free. It's either going to it's either going to be you or it's going to be the world. I need to know. And then I received my answer when my, when my friend invited me to church and then I gave my life to Christ for the third and final time. And I haven't looked back since, despite um, the temptation, because I have been tempted. Oh, absolutely. I've been tempted over the years to go back. What? Who wants to be homeless with a child? <laughs> who only wants to have enough money to be able to feed their child? It, there's been times where I didn't even have enough money to feed myself and my child. And, and, and I would just make sure that he was fine and, and straight. There were times where I didn't have 
enough money to buy, you know, food and clothes for the both of us. And so I went without who wants that type of life? No one. Trust me. I was like, all right, God, hold you mean to tell me I only have five dollars and I have enough money to buy a four for four from Wendy's and I can't even eat a nugget because I got to make sure that my son. <laughs> you know what I mean? But again, you have to fight for your freedom. And you have to also remember that, you know, what you're facing today, you're not going to face always. It's a season and it's a time. Apostle, I remember sitting on the floor and, and I didn't write about this in the book. Um, this, this, what I'm about to share with you, but I did write about the scene when I lived in the house with the other single mothers, mm-hmm. there was a time where I had nothing. I had no money. I had no clothes. I had no food. And when I say I, I mean me, my son was straight. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting on the bedroom floor and I was thinking literally the only thing that I, I had no money in the bank. <laughs> and I remember saying prayer is all that I have. Thank you, Lord. And even though prayer was all that I had to my name, mm-hmm. it was also all that I truly needed. And when I tell you prayer got me through, come on now, it got me through. Wow. And I would tell anybody who's who's watching, who's listening, it does not matter what you're going through, what you're facing, the sin, whatever. God hears your prayers. He heard my prayers when I was escorting. Okay. He Say heard them. And I know that he heard them because he answered them. And so in one hand, I had people in the church telling me, you know, that I would never get right. And, you know, God wouldn't, you know, give me or love people like me any attention. And then I also had women in the adult industry who was like, Nina, why are you wasting your time? God, not he's not concerned about us. And yet, even in my sin, I saw a different God. And this is, I'm a firm believer that our relationship with God is personal. Yes, it is. It's intimate because how other people think and perceive God is not going to be the experience that you have. Like, I love God so much to the point where I'm afraid that I may never get married. <laughs> I'm afraid that I may never get married because the love that I have for God, I just, I don't want for that to be interfered with. Mm-hmm. I, truly, I, I truly understand what I understand what you're saying. That where you are at that place where you where there is a godliness with contentment and an uninterrupted, uh, uninterrupted passion with him that you couldn't find in any man. Like he's so good to me. And 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 I'm still like in, in prayer about this. I'm like, God, if he's not gonna be as good to me as you are to me, and I and his humanness, right? Because that's his limitation. I don't want him. <laughs> I don't want him because God's been good to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, look, I want to say this as we get ready to come to, to our close. Uh, Nina, thank you so much uh for coming on our our, our, our feed. Uh I just I just thank God for you. But listen, people are asking. They want to know how to get your book. My book is available on my website, www.ninagracebrown.com forward slash books mm-hmm. with an S. And once they type that into their computer, it'll come up. I do have other books that I've written, but I haven't published them yet. But this so far is the only book that's published. Can you uh, repeat that address again so Evelyn can type it in on my live? 
I'll just hold on one second, Nina. Evelyn's getting the, the, the other laptop over and what have you. My God, this is this has been amazing. When me and Nina talk, and I told her I don't do, you know, and we don't do sensationalism. We don't do shock and awe. We're talking about just the grace of God, uh, mm -hmm. people of God, because basically my YouTubes and, and, and my uh, uh, lives and, and, and all of the work that we're doing for God, I'm not led to try to just get likes, hits, and all of that. I'm trying to get the word of God out. Nina, slowly take your time so Evelyn can type on Facebook Live how to get your book because people are asking. Oh, praise God. It is www.ninagracebrown.com forward slash books, B-O-O-K-S. It is a digital book. And so once they make that purchase, they're going to receive an immediate download of it. Awesome. Awesome. You got it, honey? Awesome. Okay. Evelyn got that up. And I, I just want to thank you for being with us. Thank and you for having me. I truly appreciate it. You I know really what? I was so excited when I got the chance to talk to you. Earlier in our counseling that we were doing, I remember a young lady had called me and she said to me, Apostle, she said, I, I work in the sex industry and I'm calling to ask for prayer. She said, because God has blessed me to meet a wonderful husband. Mm -hmm. And she said, and we're doing well. She said, but the stronghold that I face, mm -hmm. she says, because I've been out there so long, I'm having to learn from God what intimacy is. Learn from God what, what true passion and sensuality and is more than, you know, I'll be polite, than a, than a, than a moment of a flash. Yes. It's more than that. As we get ready to close out, Nina, I, I want you to have a word of prayer for many of God's people that are out there that 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 God is talking to them, that they, they are doing what they're doing, but they're doing it to a point until, like I said, I'm tired of sinning and I want to be free. Could you close out with a prayer for us, please? Yes, thank you. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you humbly and we pray for every single life, for every single soul that is convicted of their sins. Father, we thank you for you are an awesome God. We acknowledge you for being a redeeming God. Father, we pray in Jesus' name, and we ask that you will reveal yourself to those who have a desire for you. Father, we pray that those who are listening, who have a hunger and a thirst after righteousness, that it will be fulfilled. Father, we thank you that a broken heart and a contract spirit you cannot refuse. That is what your word says. Your word says to try you and to see that you are good. And Father, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice, whether they're living in sin or not, whatever area in their life that is concerning them, that they will try you and see that you are good. 
Father, we plead the blood of Jesus Christ over every single soul that is bound in spiritual chains of darkness and sin. Father, we pray that their bondage will be broken through the blood of Jesus Christ, the very blood that you sent to the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through them will be saved. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will show people that the blood of Jesus Christ, that it is still alive, it is still active, it still heals, it still delivers, it still men free in the name of Jesus. Father, your word says in Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's what your word says. Now, Father, I ask you to prove it. Yes. Show your people how much that there is nothing that can separate them from your love. Father, I pray that every chain be broken. Father, I pray that everything that runs generationally that is not like you. That is not resemblance of your image. That is not a resemblance of your character and of your nature. Father, I pray that it will be broken and uprooted in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you will teach women how to love and receive love. Father, I pray that you will teach women how to be women. I pray that you will show women who and what her identity is in Christ. Father, I pray that you will show and teach women how to practice purity. Father, I pray that you will show and teach women how to practice holiness. Now, Father, we pray and ask that you will redeem what was lost, redeem what the enemy came and stole. Receive, uh, Father, we pray and we ask that you will redeem what people have forfeited. Father, break every chain. You are not dead. You are not antiquated. You are not outdated. You are God Yahweh. Father, we pray and ask that you will show your people, hallelujah, that you are alive, that you are the ancient of days. You are the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Father, show your people, show your people what your your power and what you can do. Yes, Lord. 
name of Jesus, we give you thanks in advance. We honor you and we praise you. We thank you for the testimonies to come forth in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the lives and the souls that are redeemed. Father, we pray for your restoration and for your healing and for your transformation in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray in closing this prayer, I pray in the name of Jesus that every single soul under the sound of my voice, Father, I pray that you will transform their lives in such a way that when you see them, you see your glory and your image reflected. Father, we pray and we ask that you will wake up and shake up your people and deliver them and heal them from the spirit of deception that is very heavy and throughout this world. Wake them up in the name of Jesus. Wake them up from deceptions of the world. Wake them up from deceptions of the enemy and wake them up from the deceptions of themselves. May your truth live, move, and abide in us today, forever, and always. And the matchless powerful, chain-breaking name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Nina, thank you for joining us. Amen. We'll probably be another time in the future. Amen. That we get together again and just holla and just say something for the Lord. Amen. Listen, my dear friends. Amen. As we're getting ready to go out once again, I want to thank you. Amen. I want to thank our guests for being with us. Amen. Nina, Grace Brown, we want to thank you. Being Gomer, a memoir of heart of tree and redemption. Amen. My dear friends, we thank God for y'all being with us. If this has blessed you, amen, we do ask you to hit us with a cash app uh, donation as if you feel that of the Lord. Hey, we're not going to hustle or pimp an offering. That's not who we are. That's not what we do. Amen. If you do decide, it's cash app at the General Ivory Hopkins. That's cash app at General Ivory Hopkins. And guys, I'm going to tell you like I usually do. I'll catch you all again. And remember, God, he is always watching. God bless. Well, praise God. I trust that you enjoyed that message. Well, look, my dear friend, this is Apostle Hopkins. Amen. And I'm getting ready to get on up out of here. Look, if you want to sow a donation and bless us, you can do it on our website at pilgrimsministry.org. That's Pilgrims ministry.org or you can go to our cash app and make a cash app donation to general ivory hopkins it's just simply general ivory hopkins it has been my pleasure amen to bring to you the things pertaining to kingdom life and family so i trust these podcasts blesses you and i'm gonna catch you guys in another teaching god bless bye-bye